Yeah, so you've got all these identities, right? So you are the project manager, you are the son, you are the mom, you are the friend, you are the technology expert. We are, you've got all these identities. But then on top of that, you can layer this idea of being a change maker, that we can be change makers in our personal life, in our professional life, in all the moments where we show up. Hey, friend, it's David Abinsky here in Brooklyn. Here at the Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. Today's conversation is with Alex Budek. Alex is the author of a new book called Becoming a Changemaker, which is out September 13, 2022, very soon, and is available for pre-order now. Alex is a social entrepreneur and a teacher at UC Berkeley Haas School of Business, where he teaches a course called Becoming a Changemaker which is foundational to the book. In this episode, you also learn about core ideas in the book, like the Changemaker Project and the Changemaker Canvas, and how everyone can be a changemaker. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and front source job opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Alex. Alex, welcome to the show. David, thank you so much for having me. Um, super excited for this conversation about change makers. Um, but uh, I want to talk about uh, maybe a change maker in your life. I'm curious to know about a gentleman named Jay. And I, I don't want to get the name wrong, but Stowski, is that how you say it? Yeah, you got it. Talk to us a little bit about what um, what uh, Jay, Jay means to you and, and maybe what you've learned from Jay. I think the thing that Jay's taught me is to always look out if there's ways to use your position, your privilege to give opportunities to others. So I've always kind of looked at him as a mentor. And I remember this moment back in 2018, I went into his office. At that point, he was the, it's called the Senior Assistant Dean for Instruction at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business. Basically, imagine the person who oversees all the faculty, all the curriculum. So I went to him with um, a question on a sort of career transition. I think he could tell a few minutes in that like my heart wasn't really in it. And so I remember his words. He was like, but Alex, what do you really want to do? And I was like, well, you know, what I really want to do is teach here at Haas. And then I think I may have mumbled something about how, but you know, most faculty are older than me and, you know, maybe I'll come back in a few years and blah, blah, blah. But he cut me off and he said, all right, Alex, what do you want to teach? And I said, well, what I want to teach is a class called Becoming a Changemaker. And to my absolute shock and joy, he said, all right, sounds great. Go put together a syllabus, show it to me, and we'll go from there. And I literally leapt out of my seat. I was so excited that someone was believing in me and giving me this chance. I shook his hand. I walked out of his office, closed the door, and then immediately pulled out my phone and Googled how to create a syllabus because I had no idea how to do that. I never taught before. Um, but it's a beautiful example of someone giving someone else a chance, giving someone an opportunity. And that's something that I really try to pay forward um, as a result of that experience. Giving a chance, giving an opportunity. And it seems like that that kind of creating the course and syllabus and all that, um, maybe talk to us a little bit of just like from that moment, then you know, obviously create a syllabus. <laughs> maybe talk to us about the course that you created and and um yeah, what you what uh what that course looks like. Yeah, it's called Becoming a Changemaker. And it's just a, a dream come true to be teaching this class at UC Berkeley. Um, it helps students learn how to lead positive change at any level in any role. It brings together the fields of entrepreneurship, innovation, change, social impact, 
and leave students equipped to lead positive change in a way that's true to who they are. So it's, of course, grounded in social science research and empirical data. Uh, we bring a bunch of guest speakers because I'm a big believer that you can't be what you can't see. So I want students to see themselves in these amazing diverse array of change makers. And then there's also a strong action component. So I have students work on what we call a change maker project. There's no better substitute for leading change than actually doing it. So I give students um, a bit of seed funding, just a little bit, just enough they need to overcome some of those barriers. And they leave the class with the confidence that comes from having actually led positive change. Sometimes that change is on campus. Sometimes it's in the local community. Sometimes it's at a state or a national level. But every single student leaves the class with the mindset, the leadership skills, and the confidence that comes from taking action in pursuit of change. Cool. Um, well, I want to talk about the Changemaker Project. Your line about like what you can't, you can't be what you can't see. Um, what do you think Jay saw in you at that time uh, before he created the course? I mean, he saw a guy who was super passionate, who really believed in this. It's not the only time I'd ever talked to him about my belief in change making, but I think he saw some spark. And I think there's a gift in being able to see sort of someone else's strengths, even if they may not totally see it themselves. And I think that's certainly one of Jay's hallmarks is being able to see what someone can contribute. I think in that case, he saw sort of my spark of optimism and belief and, and the passion I brought to it. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, and and so then I created this course, and you talked about the change making, change maker project. That's that's a a minimum viable project. Is that is that uh, is it similar to that? Or we're certainly inspired by the kind of MVP concept. Uh, but in working with change makers literally all around the world, I've learned that so many of them struggle with kind of got this big change I want to take and feeling really overwhelmed by the scale of the change. Think about change efforts we might take on, whether that's a digital transformation at work or something related to climate justice or racial justice, it can feel really systemic and really hard. Um, so I've created a tool called the Changemaker Canvas, which takes complex, overwhelming, intimidating change and breaks it down into small, meaningful, actionable steps. And so we work through that process together. And it's everything from like, how do you identify that big, bold, audacious vision? How do you make it clear and compelling? But then also, how do you understand like, what's that literal first step? What are some things that could go wrong and how can you plan proactively around it? And also, how do you think about engaging others in the process, whether that's teammates and how you complement each other's skills, all the way to like, who are the people who are the evangelists, people that won't be active day to day, but if they can give you a bit of approval, sort of like Jay did for me, and that can unlock all kinds of doors for you. So we walked through that process together in the class. Yeah. And then, and, and the canvas is in, is in your new book. Um, the, you talked about this, this element of kind of sign off or encouragement or empowerment uh, to help people make change. In in the in the in, with the project, is that also true that there's an element of, um, and maybe it might not be the case anymore, but a little bit of monetary support? Uh, is that the case sometimes where it's like a hundred dollars or something like that to to kind of kick projects off? Is that still the case, or is that a an old version? No, that's right. So we give each student group a hundred U.S. dollars, uh, and that's enough they need to they want to throw an event. Hey, they've got money for pizza, or if they want to buy a few gift cards to entice people to come, great, you've got that. But I think more than that, it's not just the physical reward. I mean, that's, of course, one way of overcoming one barrier. But so much of it is also that self-permission, that when we're trying to lead change, we can come up with all the reasons that we can't do something. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough experience. We don't have enough financial resources. There's always reasons you don't have enough of something. 
So a lot of what we work on in the class are some of those mindset traits, those ideas that like, yes, things aren't perfect. No, I don't have complete experience in this, but I'm still going to do it anyway. I'm really inspired by the work of Hermione Ibarra. She's at the London Business School. Uh, and she wrote, act like a leader, think like a leader. That's so often we sort of paralyze ourselves with thinking. Instead, she says, no, go act. Of course, get feedback on it, see what resonates, what doesn't, but have a bias towards action. Uh, and I really try to do the same with my students as well, is to get them in the field actually doing something and then give them the chance to reflect and iterate from there. Yeah, and what um, what kind of learnings do you think you've seen or or what the, from these minimum viable projects, what... um you know, maybe paint a picture uh, of what, you know, a small project could turn into. Like I, you know, we think about a portfolio career, sometimes it's, you know, a podcast, it's a newsletter, it's an event, it's, um, you know, uh, yeah, just kind of curious, given all the projects that you've seen, like, maybe how, you know, this small little project in the moment, like actually turned into something big. And, and a bunch of them have, I mean, I'm really proud of one of my students, Ibrahim Balde, uh, he founded something called Black Book University, which is to create a more welcoming environment for Black students on campus at UC Berkeley. And it's now spread beyond UC Berkeley as well. And that honestly started with just a single conversation that we had where he recognized an opportunity he had in his community and then decided to take action on it. So it started with a change maker project and started at a very small scale, like a very minimum viable project. Uh, but since then, he's graduated and built a team all around it. We also see that a number of students want to take on careers or sort of call it like portfolio careers doing um, sort of content creation. That's an amazing way to get started because sometimes they like feel like, well, I've got to have a hundred podcasts, but no, you just start with one, start with two. And that's where the, the project can come in. But I'll also say that one of the amazing parts about the Changemaker project is a great way to validate your ideas. So I think about one group who said, okay, we have this sort of late night walk home service at Berkeley, but it's like really awkward. Students don't really like using it. I wonder if we could create a better version, which would be sort of student to student, peer to peer matching. So they went into the libraries late at night during finals week and they airdropped people a link to join this group where they used Facebook and LinkedIn to sort of match together social graphs and said, hey, if you're walking home at a certain time, you have these many friends in common, you could both walk home together. That way getting around the sort of awkwardness of the official UC walk home service. Um, and what they found is it was actually not a good idea <laughs> that even though the existing process was awkward and a little bit slow, that was still preferred to their new idea. And I thought that was a wonderful change maker project because they had a really clear idea. They had a concept of change. They tried it out and they realized, no, this wasn't the best fit. And what's so cool about that is that the team of four, they're super talented. And they've gone on to do all kinds of amazing things since. You could only imagine how much time they would have sunk into this idea had they never started it if they didn't realize, well, hey, very early on, it just didn't work. And so I recognize students, as long as they put the ideas out there and they try things, as long as you learn from it, that's a huge success as far as I'm concerned. Totally. Started with a conversation. Wow. Who knows what this conversation will turn into? <laughs> uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, and, and so anything else on the the canvas that you want to talk about? It seems like the canvas is, you know, kind of a, a key piece of, of, of the class and, and is included in the book. Is there anything else that kind of uh, you'd wish like more people would knew, knew about with the canvas? Well, yeah, I really encourage people to take a look at it because I hope that you'll find it to be a tool which takes away some of that fear we have around change. And you can feel kind of empowered that by working through it, it'll actually give you that confidence to, to lead change. So we'll walk you through everything from sort of deeply understanding a problem. I think oftentimes people will try to rush in and just solve a problem right away. 
there's a quote that's often attributed to Albert Einstein, not positive if he said it, but regardless, the concept is really good. And so the saying goes, if I had one hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes trying to understand the problem and five minutes trying to solve it. So in other words, we as change makers often want to just jump right into solving it. But I think there's a real benefit to trying to deeply sit with a problem, understand it from all angles and break it apart. So we walk people through the three aspects of a problem. There's the core problem, the core thing that you yourself, your organization, your change effort will solve. Then there's the consequences. The consequences are, well, okay, if we don't come in with this solution, we don't address this problem, then what might happen a year, five years, 10 years from now on both an individual and maybe an organizational level as well? And we also start identifying what are the root causes? What are the historical, cultural, economic, technological underpinnings of this? It's rare that we can address the root causes right away in our first day of change, but that's where we can start thinking about systems change. That's where we can start thinking, how do we not just put a Band-Aid on this cut, not just a Band-Aid on this problem, but how can we stop us from getting cut in the first place? And that's, I think, a helpful framework to think about the core problem, the problem consequences, and the root causes, so that you really understand the 360-degree view of a problem, not just one little slice of it. Yeah. Hmm. And the problem that some people may be facing is, to your point earlier, around a lack of confidence. And in your book, you have kind of the three ways that people can make change. I think one is you could become a change maker. Uh, you could surround yourself with other change makers, or you can empower other people to make change. Talk to us a little bit about those kind of three. And um, yeah. For sure. So by picking up the book, by reading it, you will be well on your way to becoming a change maker individually. And that's an amazing first step. But I've also found that the people that really actively catapult their career forward, their impact forward, is when you surround yourself with other change makers. That's something that I experienced myself. I was fortunate enough to have a fellowship, which took me to uh, Istanbul, Turkey. And I remember being just a little bit outside of Turkey um, and I was sitting there with 19 other social entrepreneurs, 19 other change makers. We were from literally all around the world. We had Peru, Bolivia, Mexico, Uganda, Australia, New Zealand, um, Germany, South Africa, like literally all around the world. And there was so much that was different about our lived experiences, about the lives we had lived up to that point, and about the changes that we wanted to see happen in our communities and in the world. But despite all those differences, we had so much in common. We had the same sort of change maker mindset, the same drive, the same vision that like we could be part of something bigger. I distinctly remember we were all kind of standing together on these cliffs about to jump into the water. We counted three, two, one, and then leapt in and we started splashing around. And as I looked around, I realized, wow, there's something really powerful here in community that we have very different experiences. We're very different people, but there's something more powerful that unites us, which is that we are all change makers. And even today, it's been about 10 years since we were together in Turkey. But whenever I get uh, an alert from our WhatsApp group, uh, I get a little sort of buzz of positivity and inspiration because I know that we're all looking out for each other. So that's a really kind of magical moment that's cemented for me, the importance of surrounding yourself with change makers. But then thirdly, then how can you be looking at empowering others to be change makers as well? Here I think about, for instance, uh, Laura Weidman Powers. She's the co-founder of Code 2040 and her work uh, works with um, BIPOC um, teens and young adults, teaching them coding skills. But it's not just about the coding skills. That's important. But it's also about like, how do you create these ripples of change throughout the entire tech industry? 
And in doing so, she's not just about sort of creating coders. That's important. She's really amplifying and creating a whole bunch more change makers. You can imagine that you start with her as one change maker, then you've got that first class of 20, 30 change makers, and they go on to support two or three others. And then before you know it, you've got this whole community, this wave of change makers happening. And to me, that's the kind of third and most powerful way is that you don't just become a change maker yourself or surround yourself with change makers, you actually help others become change makers as well. And that's super powerful. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of like the idea of like, you know, like one improve your mindset or one improve your day is help somebody else. And, you know, if you think about like, oh, how do I improve? You know, I, I want more. I need more. I, I need to feel a certain way. It's like, well, if you help someone else, that'll help you. Like, uh, so I really like of how the similarities in my mind between those two. Totally. And that's some work that Adam Grant has done, for instance, on the five minute favor. I love that because we often think, well, you know, to help someone, I've got to like put away 30 minutes, 60 minutes, be really thoughtful. And like, of course, there's a place for that. But also he encourages us to think, what could you do in like literally five minutes for someone else? Like maybe it's an introduction between two people. Maybe it's writing a really kind thank you note, like five minutes. But those five minutes can really transform someone else's day or life. It can also give you that boost that you need as well. Five minutes. I wonder, <laughs> wonder what maybe we could do in five minutes. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I, it's also easier to get done, right? Like, I think for us, uh, if someone says, hey, can you help me out with this thing? And you're like, ooh, that's like, that's going to take me a long time. Then you kind of maybe push it back to a couple of days. But if you're like, oh, wait, that's five minutes. And that's, it'll only take five minutes and it'll help you immediately. Like, I can do that right now. It's like when you kind of like make it seem specific and specific in terms of like, okay, five minutes, I can, it's not so much. Yeah. And that's a big part of being a change maker too, is like breaking change down, bringing people along for the change in a way that feels much more actionable and much more inclusive. So I think for instance, of the great work that's done by Damon Santola at University of Pennsylvania. So he with some colleagues worked to try to figure out, okay, in a big group, what percent of people need to be on board for change to take hold? And if you were to have asked me, I would have guessed probably like 50%, maybe 60%. What he found is actually 25% is this like magic tipping point. But if you can get 25% of people in a group sort of on board with a new norm, then it tends to be that the whole group will come aboard as well. So I remember working with a, a guy who was just honestly super passionate about composting. He wanted the whole company to compost, company of like 200 people. And he kept getting stuck because he's making it so complicated. He'd send out these like paragraph and paragraph long emails. And he'd say like, it was just, it was too much. So instead I worked with him and said, okay, how can we get just 25% of people at the company on board? That's 50 out of 200. And he realized, okay, he got some early champions on board, made it really simple, really easy for them to get on board with composting. And then by making it easy for them to be part of the change with him, that then led to getting that tipping point and got to the point where composting is now really the norm at the company, uh, all because he was willing to sort of take a step back, simplify and bring other people in on the change. 25%, wow. You know, you often think about consensus or you think you need 80, 90%. I love that. 25%. Yeah, that's right. So that's work of Damon Santola at University of Pennsylvania. Fascinating. And what's I think is really cool about your work is that, you know, especially for people that are building their portfolio careers, like they can uh, have these minimum viable pro projects, change maker projects while still working in a job, but they can, you know, be doing these small experiments, small actions, small uh, moments of leadership and of change that, you know, doesn't require as much of a like dramatic shift that sometimes people may get stuck upon, right? 
Exactly right. So in the book, I write about something I call micro-leadership. We tend to put leadership on this pedestal and we think that leadership has to be like that one singular heroic moment. It's the person like quitting their job, getting tons of funding, and then they're like off to the races. Um, but often leadership is not one single heroic act. It's actually the sum of lots of small, meaningful leadership acts that happen every day. So I like change makers to think not in terms of one act, but in terms of these leadership moments. That's the simplest, smallest um, unit of leadership. So all around you all the time are all these chances for you to step up, to serve others, to take action. And we start seeing the world as micro leaders where we give ourselves permission to take on these small but meaningful acts of leadership our whole per, uh, perception of leadership changes. You'll never go too far by doing an act of micro-leadership here or there. You know, in a meeting, maybe there's a teammate who's been quiet and you say, hey, you know, haven't heard from you. Do you have a perspective you wanna share? Or maybe it's staying late for a few minutes to help clean up, or maybe it's coming up with a new idea that's um, you're gonna launch in a small way again, a minimum viable project. These are all acts of micro-leadership. And when we think about it, in terms of these small leadership moments that are there to be seized, I think leadership becomes much more inclusive, much more available to all of us, no matter who we are or no matter where we are in a company or organization. Yeah. Do you think, um, or, or what would you say is, you know, kind of the change you're hoping to see with a book on change? Maybe like some big change, maybe some small change or a combination. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, like what um, what kind of change would you like to see happen? Well, you know, I write this from a place of humility, which is that I can't know for sure exactly what our world needs, what our companies need, our communities need. But what I do absolutely know for sure is that our world needs more change makers. And so the change I want to see is that people from all walks of life begin seeing themselves as a change maker, that people from all walks of life take on this new identity where they feel like they have the agency, they have the toolkit, they find the opportunity themselves where they can go lead to change. So I'm not prescriptive other than to say the world needs you. I think this is a magical moment for anyone anywhere to step up and lead positive change. Yeah, it's really interesting we're talking about this because I remember when I started the podcast, like um, it, you know, first episode, you know, wasn't a big, you know, a big, a big thing. It was one episode. And I just remember like walking a little bit differently. And I remember going back to your point around agency and stuff. And I, I think like now, as I look back, you know, four years of podcasting and stuff, it, it really is just a lot of different small moments that have compounded and, but it's changed my perspective. And, you know, to the point earlier around content and to point earlier around, you know, not a lot of money, like podcasting and creating content and stuff is not, um, you know, a big financial investment and stuff, but it definitely, you know, at least for me, and I'm super grateful, it's caused a lot of change in my world. I'd love to hear that. Thanks for sharing that experience. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Yeah. Um, so the book is kind of came out of the course as we we're talking about. Is there any other kind of like hot takes on change or hot takes on um, on becoming a change maker that you want to kind of pass along here. Obviously it's not the whole entire book, but any other mm -hmm. kind of like, I don't know, hot takes or just something that you really want to make sure people know more about. Sure. I think that the, the takeaway I want you to leave from this conversation with, and hopefully if you read the book, you'll leave with is that anyone, anywhere, all of us can be change makers, that it doesn't matter your background, your experience. It doesn't matter your seniority level. It doesn't matter your race, your culture, your age, your personality type, that each and every one of us can be change makers. I think we spend so much time crafting these exclusive identities 
So you're either an engineer or you're not a podcaster or you're not a leader or you're not an artist or you're not. And I think change maker, change making is an identity that's inclusive for all of us, that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, what you're doing, there's an opportunity for you to layer this identity on top of your other identities, which then empowers you to go create change. And so I hope that you will feel this as a radically inclusive invitation to become a change maker in a way that's true to who you are. Wow. Woo. So say that part again, change maker, you can layer on top and it's inclusive. And yeah, can you say a little bit more about that, Alex? Yeah. So you've got all these identities, right? So you are the project manager, you are the son, you are the mom, you are the friend, you are the technology expert. You've got all these identities. But then on top of that, you can layer this idea of being a change maker, that we can be change makers in our personal life, in our professional life, in all the moments where we show up to think about, you know, how could I make things a little bit better for those around me? How could I seize those micro leadership moments in support of others? How can I identify a change, a status quo that's worth disrupting? And then not just sit on it, but say, hey, maybe I could do something about this. Maybe I could bring others along with me in the change as well. Yeah, love that. All right. Anything else that you want to make sure that we talk about? Uh, anything else that you think that we missed? Uh, I really love how you're talking about how change making can be, you know, inclusive and it's small, uh, but can kind of grow over time. Anything else you want to share with us, Alex? No, this is a really fun conversation. Appreciate the thoughtful questions that you you asked, and uh, what a fun time to be able to talk about change making. I think there's no better time than, than right now. So thanks for this opportunity. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Alex. And for people who want to follow up and continue to learn and. Uh, more from your work and about the book, what's the best way that they can uh, do so, Alex? Yeah, I love connecting with Changemaker. So please feel free to reach out. Um, you can learn more about the book at changemakerbook.com. Um, and then connect with me. LinkedIn is my main social network. Uh, that's just my name. And then also I'm active on TikTok as well, sharing some of these lessons. So that's at Alex Budak on TikTok. What's that been like on TikTok? It's been awesome. Yeah, it's such a great platform uh, because you get to be really creative and I think other networks like Instagram, I think there's a little bit more pressure to be like perfectly polished. And I like that on TikTok, I can just sort of have an idea, maybe share behind the scenes. Hey, I'm about to teach this in class. Let's talk about this and just go straight to a community. And then I've been finding a lot of people commenting on videos and that uh, they seem to really be enjoying it. So I've loved connecting on TikTok and, and putting content out there. Cool. How, how long have you been on there for? Um, just as part of like getting ready for the book launch. So not super long. It's still new and fresh and it's it's really fun. Awesome. Well, sounds good, Alex. Really appreciate it. Talk to you later. Thanks, Evan. Hey, friend. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.